Ah, it's a Wednesday, folks. That's right, June 14th. And, of course, the year 2023. We've got a special edition today. We're going to learn all about the My Sister's Place organization. They've been in business uh, nearly 50 years or so. And, uh, boy, they're important. They do a lot of good things. We're going to learn all about it today. The Executive Director, Kelly Madewell, joins us live this morning. Ah, yes, my sister's place. You know, uh, Kelly, I, I, I think uh, in that small little meeting room at the OU Inn as you go in the side door. I think I attended meetings about getting this all going. And um, it was one of the first projects I did upon arriving in Athens, which was in the early 70s. Hmm. And um, anyway, good morning. Good morning. Welcome. Thank you. My sister's place. So, um, 1970 what? 1977. 77, okay. And um, let's uh, just do a a simple explanation of the purpose of My Sister's Place. Sure. Um, My Sister's Place um, is working in Athens, Hawking, and Vinton counties with um, anyone who's experienced any type of uh, what today we're calling interpersonal violence. Um, so that would be any type of abuse. Um, doesn't have to be just physical abuse. Um, so verbal abuse? Yeah, okay. emotional, yeah, sexual abuse, financial. Okay. Um, yeah, so we're a domestic violence program with several services under our umbrella. Now, um, you know, the very title, My Sister's Place. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a feminine, uh, um, you know, mm-hmm. my sister. Okay, so um, do you serve um, both male and females? We do. Okay. Um, my sister's place came out of, uh, as many domestic violence programs did, out of the women's movement of the mm-hmm. 1970s. Um, and at the time, you know, the, our Shelters like ours were referred to as battered women's shelters. That's kind of old terminology at this point Um, for a few reasons. Uh, One, we just have a lot more knowledge about how this affects um, males. Um, It affects families. So um, we don't don't use that term anymore. Um, And we, we have had men in shelter. We've had men in counseling, court advocacy. The, um, the original thought behind establishing it, my sister's place, mm-hmm. um, as I recall, was to provide a safe place for uh, women back then to um, escape from um, the bad feelings they were, the bad situation they were in. Mm-hmm. Um, and they could be housed there um, 
they received, um, as we said, counseling and guidance and suggested uh, ways of improving their life. Um, and um, they could feel safe there. Um, the original um, facility had a good interaction with, shall we say, law enforcement. Mm -hmm. And... Um, and the law enforcement folks could respond quickly and if need be. Um, and the very fact that spouses would know that, um, there were very few incidents, as I recall. Mm -hmm. um, so amplify some of these points. Sure. This... this um, you know, 19, let's see, 77, you said. Um, and I got here in uh, 73. Mm -hmm. um, it's, do you have any statistical information? Like over the 50 years or so, how many people have availed themselves of my sister's place? Mm -hmm. Oh, thousands. Um, really? Sure. Yeah, we have um, around 40 adults just in shelter each year, 40 to 50 kids, mm -hmm. um, many more in counseling and court advocacy. There are many people who are in abusive relationships who don't necessarily need shelter, Right. Um, either because they, you know, have someone else they can stay with or, um, you know, the abusive partner has left the home. So, you know, if, if we serve, let's say, you know, just off the top of my head, maybe 200 to 250 people a year, yeah, times 45, 46 years that yeah. we've been around, it's a lot of folks. But, yeah, that um, just another word about our origins. There was a, a woman named Sue Ellen um, in the area who had been in an abusive relationship and had supportive family members um, who had enabled her to leave that situation. And um, she recognized that not everyone had supportive family members or family members who had the means to take in um, an abused person or family. And so she wanted to make sure that um, other, you know, like we're saying at the time, women could do that. And that's how a lot of um, shelters were started in the 70s. Um, a lot of it came out of the women's movement and um, feminists at the time starting to raise awareness that mm -hmm. this was a problem. Um, I kind of shock a lot of college students by explaining that before that, we just didn't really talk about um, abuse at home. That domestic violence just wasn't really a a phrase that was used in the public health sense, um, that it was largely considered a private matter. Um, but the, the feminist movement of the 1970s really uh, started a, a lot of shelters across our country, including here in Athens. Right. Well, um, okay, so, uh, I mean, I can guess, but I'd rather have you with your experience uh, answers this what are the greatest needs of domestic violence victims 
Here in Athens, you know, we we have a a pretty severe lack of affordable housing. Um, there's a lack of housing at all income levels um, in the county, but particularly for people who um, are very low income, which most folks in our shelter are, um, you know, they, um, our county has a decent number of housing vouchers for the, for the size of our county. Um, and a lot of folks we work with, uh, once they get that voucher, they think they're done, you know, uh, but that's just the beginning. Then you've got to find a place to afford with that voucher and it's really tough. Um, we tend to get a traffic jam in shelter where we've got a house full of people with housing vouchers and aren't particularly in need of all the security measures and are ready to go, uh, but they can't find a place to live. Um, so affordable housing, I would put at the top of that list. Okay. The... Um Okay, so I've known a couple cases such as you're describing. Mm -hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, um, people may not have a job, mm -hmm. or the job they have is a very modest income. Um, finding a place quickly. And uh, it's a real struggle. Um, there's another issue that comes into play often when someone is really troubled. Um, they become very reliant on a pet, okay? And, you know, a lot of rental properties don't allow pets. And um, then organizations that help people out, they too have a problem with pets. Mm -hmm. Now... My sister's place. Uh, as I understand it, you do allow them. Is that right? We do. Um, several years ago now, I, I'm going to say seven or eight years ago, um, a couple of our staff uh, really felt, um, you know, like this was a pretty major barrier to people coming into shelter. Right. When they would call the hotline, um, request shelter, and were granted shelter, but then were told they couldn't bring their pets um they would decide not to come in um you know and that's not it, it, there is often a very real risk to animals at home animal abuse is often a part of um domestic violence well, we had a weird story about that yesterday mm -hmm. in the national news and um it just it really hurts to read such stories yeah, it's often part of, um, you know, controlling another person. Um, if you leave me, I'll kill the dog. Mm -hmm. If you don't come back, that sort of thing. Um, and it's research shows that um, I believe it's 71% of pet-owning victims of interpersonal violence have had the life of their pet threatened or something's actually happened. Wow. So it's, it's very common, um, and this... Um, addition of being able to bring their pets to the shelter um, has really reduced that barrier. And yeah. they're not in the shelter. We have a um, we have a small kennel on our property mm -hmm. where they stay. Now, um, 
So, you know, uh, there are people that are engaged with the services of my sister's place, and yet they're not residing with you, right? Mm -hmm. That's right. Um, And you can handle, as if I heard you earlier mention, typically about 40 living at the facility at a time. No, that's no? O- that's over the yeah. course of a year. We oh, have, I see. We have eleven beds. Eleven beds. Okay, yes. there we go. Yeah. Um, does this become? Um, how do I want to put it? The relationships that people are sharing there, mm-hmm. your residents. Mm-hmm. Um, that can be good. It can be bad, right? Sure. And and how do you? Um, Try to make it the best. Yeah, good question. Um, yeah, you know, folks in our shelter are just as complicated as the rest of us. And um, <laughs> if, yeah. if you imagine um, having, you know, during the absolute worst time of your life, um, being cooped up in what is essentially the size of a double dorm room at OU mm-hmm. um, with everything that you've brought with you, um, and all of the problems that other person's going through, um, it, it's, it's tough. Commu- mm-hmm. Communal living during the hardest part of your life, um, it's not always pretty. And on top of that, um, trying, to be, t- trying to parent um, kids who have been traumatized. And, oh, yeah, I really haven't brought that point out too much yet. Yeah. But, um, you know, a, a spouse... Mm-hmm. Let's, let's go with gender. A wife could mm-hmm. be in a bad situation, and yet there's children. And, um, you know, they can't just split. Right. Uh, they're concerned about the well-being of their children as well. And so um, you also have the opportunity to take in some children, right? Yeah, those 11 beds, that's for adults and kids. Um, but again, that's for Athens, Hawking, and Vinton counties. Mm. So that's not, 11 beds for three counties is not very many beds. Um, you probably have a board of directors or something like that. We and do. Mm-hmm. Is there, um, are there future thoughts of expansion? So I believe that um, it's not more shelter beds we need just going back to an earlier point it's it's more housing that we need we need more exit plans um, more quickly so about a year and a half we did buy a second house and we're using that for transitional housing okay um, so that would mean when we have folks in shelter who um, are in that situation I described where they're really just kind of waiting for housing to fall into place they don't need the 24-7 security system. They don't need 24-7 staffing. Um, they just need a place to live until housing comes through. Um, they'll move over t- to our transitional house, and we can serve three families there. Folks, if you tuned in a little bit late, our guest today is Kelly Madewell. And um, Kelly is the executive director. Is that the right title? Yep. Uh, for my sister's place. And... Um, You've been with them, what, 
13 years in the last 10 maybe as its head person, right? Yeah, about 11 and a half years as director. Okay. Um, maybe 14 or 15 total. Yeah. yeah. I was close. close anyway, um, and, um, you know, one of the points we went through was um, in that you would not have heard if you tuned in late. Uh, my sister's place uh, originally particularly focused on spouse w female spouses right mm -hmm. um, but now um, it works with males as well mm -hmm. and um, this is uh, typically people who feel they're in a in an abusive situation and they want to um, try to end it um, now, um, so you provide a lot of counseling services. So, yeah, there might be um, a dozen or so people living at your facility, plus perhaps children or whatever, mm -hmm. at any given moment. But um, there's far more than that that are receiving guidance and counseling um, and um, the people that are giving these this advice and guidance, um, they are all professionally certified, right? That's right. Um, yeah, we are licensed and accredited and certified and all that. So that means that we're, yeah, our clinical staff is all um, licensed mental health professionals. I'm, I'm a licensed social worker myself. Mm-hmm. So someone that is um, receiving your services, is there a limit as to how long someone, um, well, let's take residents particularly, mm -hmm. uh, how, as to how long they may avail themselves of living there? There are many shelters that do have a limit, you know, 30 days or so. Um, we do not have a limit on that, just recognizing that, um, Again, folks are coming in with a really complicated set of circumstances, um, and it can take some time to tease all of that out. It's oh, not yeah. its not just about that abusive relationship. It's the housing. It's, you know, you're going to have to figure out some type of income, um, counseling for the kids, you know, getting kids enrolled in school. Um, do you have a car? You know, we, we see a lot of folks who have a lot of neglected health care needs. Um, so our counselors and case managers, we're all just very invested in, in wanting to make sure that we have stable exits and that really can take some time. So, um, believe it or not, we had a, a mom and son with us for two years <laughs> Really, and that was, uh, it was a really complicated immigration case, um, where there just really were no other options. On the other end, you know, sometimes folks are there for a weekend and then they figure out that, um, you know, a, a relative has space for them or, or something like that. They just needed to get out. Mm. So, yeah. Um, I don't know if this is a good question or not. The counseling that is offered, mm -hmm. um, does that involve both parties? or typically just one of them yeah no that that is a good question um so in our in our field that is uh 
that the the term is contraindicated. So it is not advised that uh, couples where there's abuse that they are um, in counseling together. Okay. Um, but that. Um, it's what best was that term? Contraindicated. Wow. Kind of a fancy term. Yeah. Yeah. Go on. Um, the best practice is that. Um, the parties would would seek counseling individually so so say one is um has arrived with you but um the other while they're not supposed to do it together typically Mm -hmm. could the other party receive counseling from your personnel no you know what i mean i do know what you mean um we um we are serving victims of domestic violence and you know that is not always as cut and dried as it as it seems like it would be. Um, if we have um, both parties calling us, um, claiming to be the victim, um, sometimes it is a matter of trying to, you know, tease out over that hotline call um, who is in need of our services. It doesn't come up super often, but. Um, once in a blue moon, someone who um, is the abusive partner will call us and is looking for um, is looking for help, and uh, we do refer that out. Um, Hopewell Health Centers or some other counseling service in town. Mm-hmm. Well, um, you know, you never know when this is going to happen, and mm-hmm. and I'm guessing that. The most often it happens at night, but but I'm just guessing. Um, so, um, my sister's place has a 24-hour-a-day um, hotline, right? Yes. And, um, folks, we can um, share that number with you here in a few minutes. We'll let you grab a piece of paper if you're so inclined. But um, this hotline... If someone feels that they're in an abusive situation or threatened Mm -hmm. or just want to talk to somebody, they can call this number, right? That's right. And um, so 24 hours a day, round the clock, holidays included. Yes. um, This hotline is available. All right, here's the number, 1-800-443-3402. Again, 800-443-3402. Now, the person that answers the phone, you know, there can be a wide range of types of threats or concerns um how do how do they know how to get it pointed in the right direction yeah a lot of training um we so the person answering that phone call um is you know i guess just first of all you're never going to call that number and you know get some recorded message there is a human being who has has been trained on all sorts of things answering that call 24 hours a day um that 
that person is trained on, you know, community resources, um, de-escalation, suicidality, um, how to assess for um, not just suicide, but lethality, meaning um, how dangerous is, is the situation this person is in. They're going to be trained on, you know, um, crisis intervention. So sometimes folks are calling and they are really in a state of panic. Sometimes the abusive partner is there in the home. They've got to be ready for anything. Um, it's a it's a big job. Um, but they're very good at what they do. Um, they know what they're doing. And whether it's, you know, whether that phone call ends with, a request for shelter, request for counseling, or, you know, I'll, I'll say when we, when you have got a 24 seven hotline, you get all kinds of calls. Sometimes people are just calling because they need food. They need utility assistance. Um, we're, we're ready for anything. Um, now folks, we really haven't described where my sister's place is located. And there's a certain degree of confidential um, you know, for the safety of people you're helping. Mm -hmm. um, because these uh, often can be abusive situations. And, and um, where it could be violent. Mm -hmm. So um, that's, that's why, um, that it, you know, they don't just say, our address is. Mm -hmm. Um <clears throat> The, um, uh, here's a neat phrase. It says, they're talking about my sister's place. Uh, duh. Okay. Is a domestic violence agency in Athens, Ohio, that believes everyone deserves a place where they're safe, understood, supported, and respected. Wow. Yeah. It's heavy duty, you know? It is. Um, and, and again, this hotline, 24 hours a day. Um, let's see. There's certain terms. Outreach counseling. Mm -hmm. Give us a quick definition of that. Sure. That's, this is going to be for someone who... Um, isn't in our shelter, um, but is out in the community. Maybe they maybe they've been with us in shelter, and they want to keep meeting with a counselor, which we always encourage. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's someone who um, is not sure if they're being abused. I know that sounds a little funny, but we do encounter that where someone will say, "You know, my mom thinks I'm being abused. My best friend does, but I really don't know. Is this a, is this abuse?" Um, maybe it's someone who is ambivalent about leaving the relationship. Um, maybe there's a lot going on in the relationship that is is good. You know, no relationship is all is all bad. If it was, folks wouldn't stay. But maybe that's where the insurances and the childcare and the um, you know the income. So sometimes folks are just really trying to figure out um, what they should be doing. Um, but we will do outreach counseling, again, Athens, Hocking, and Vinton counties. 
Um, now, uh, I need to drill in on sure. that just a bit. We mentioned it earlier, but I forgot to do it then. Three counties. Mm-hmm. Um, is there only one shelter? Yes. Okay. Are there thoughts about uh, each of those counties having their own location, um, but still operated it under the guidance of? Right. I mean, it's crossed my mind. There is a there is a very small shelter in Benton County called Shepherd's House. I think I've heard of yeah. this. Um, and so folks in Benton County tend to access um, yeah, sure. that agency. Um, Hawking County, um, you know, I we don't hear a whole lot from Hawking, but we are certainly there for them. Um, I've heard that folks in Logan tend to be more Lancaster oriented than Athens oriented. I don't know yeah. if that's always the case, but um, I, I, I've heard this too. Yeah. So a, a Hawking shelter isn't isn't in the uh, okay. the strategic plan at the moment, but who knows? Um, well, going on about my sister's mm-hmm. place. Um, obviously, a place to find support, but. Um, there's an expression court advocacy yes okay so mm, amplify that one sure we have a full-time court advocate uh, mostly working out out of the courthouse um, who can sit with folks who are um, in in the court process to provide advocacy support uh legal information not not legal advice she's not an attorney um, but she can describe what the process will be like what someone's options are but she's not able to advise um but she can refer to attorneys she can assist with filing a protection order um and again just just be there in the courtroom with someone it can be very intimidating. It can be very confusing. Um, so she's she's a, a wonderful advocate for folks who have chosen, you know, to pursue the criminal justice system for their their case. Obviously, there's a cost associated with operating such a facility. Um, you know, you've got um, the cost of maintaining a building, mm-hmm. utilities. You got staff. Mm-hmm. Um, how are those funds um, assembled? How where do they come from? Yeah. Uh, first and foremost, um, our, the largest source of funding for our budget is from the Athens Hawking Vinton three one seven board, the Alcohol Drug Addiction Mental Health Board. So every five years, we all vote on a levy um, for the 317 board. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's funding every agency in Athens, Hawking, and Vinton that provides mental health or alcohol and drug addiction services. And we are a licensed mental health agency, which is somewhat unusual for domestic violence programs. Um, Really? It is. Um, There's just a handful in the state of Ohio. Okay. But because we are a licensed mental health agency, we fall under funding, levy funding with the 317 board. That's a very, very important source of income for us. Sure. The, um, but you also have people that are 
providing gifts and um, supporting you because they believe in what you're doing. And, or maybe they've personally benefited along the, their history. Yes. Um, so how should they um, contact you, your organization, to say, I'd like to send you a gift? Sure. Um, it, any number that you can find for us, in, including our hotline, mm-hmm. um, can get to um, me. I'd be happy to talk with anyone about giving. Um, our community donations are a critical part of our budget. Um, our community has been very generous, and it allows us to do um, what we do. Um, Folks, um, once again, that hotline, like if you have a problem and you need to get somebody to give you a little guidance quickly, um, that's 1-800-443-3402. Excuse me, um, by the way, if you just look up My Sister's Place, the, another number that shows up is uh, more like a local number. So it's 740-593-7125. And either one of those will uh, get you to somebody that would guide you to, um, uh, to, to do whatever your question is, whether it is you need some assistance in the way of um, guidance and help, um, or a place to stay, or you want to make a pledge or a gift. Now, um, there's another component to people who dig what you're doing, and that is volunteering. Yes. So, um, what, what are some of the things volunteers can do? To help y'all. So we do have volunteers in the shelter who primarily are an extra set of hands to, um, you know, just as I was leaving work yesterday, uh, we have a wonderful community member who volunteers with us and has for a couple of years now. Um, She was reading to a kid on the couch. You know, she brings in craft materials for kids. Um, So. Oh, that's kind of neat. Yeah. Hanging out with kids is always. just such a huge help to our staff and to the parents in shelter um, who, again, you know, are going through a really rough time. And so just having somebody there to, to play with the kids is a huge help. Um, you could come in and help make dinner. You could help with homework. Um, when sometimes, you know, there's nobody at shelter because everybody's out doing their thing. Um, I'm just curious. So... Is there a school bus stop there? there? You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. There are. There's a set of laws called McKinney-Vento laws that take care of um, homeless children. And by law, um, kids in our shelter, um, I mean, that's a whole other conversation, but they have to, um, the, the, the school that they come from, um, by law, have to be able to get them back to school, back and forth to school. Um we're in the Athens School District, and so if, if parents want to transfer them there, they can do that too. Mm-hmm. But um, if someone had been attending Alexander mm-hmm. or Federal Hawking, yes. um, that school district needs to f- 
provide transportation to your site That's for right. that child. And that could be a, a van. Um, yeah. It could be a, a gas card if the parent has a has a way to get them back and forth. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, what are what is a, a goal or a service or a, what is something you've always wanted to add to all the great things you do, but haven't quite had the opportunity. We're always looking for and, and thinking of ways that we can kind of extend the relationship with folks once they leave um, so that we don't see them back again. Um, we want to make sure that their exit into permanent housing is a stable one. So, you know, a program I've had in the back of my mind and just haven't taken the time to figure it out is some sort of amplified volunteer program where we matched folks in the community mm-hmm. with folks who have left shelter to kind of check in on them once a week um maybe you know take a family to the movies um do you need a ride to cvs to get your prescription um you know how are you doing yeah. you know um are you are you meeting your neighbors just to kind of really solidify folks in the community that's something i've thought of doing for a long time well it sounds very worthwhile i think so we have so many wonderful people in this community who i think would you know you think you know we're folks in retirement or um or not you know moms who could um be matched up with other young moms um having done this for i'm just going to round it up Mm -hmm. 15 years yeah um i assume like any business and this isn't a business but i mean service um that there's uh, some statewide and national group that you can be affiliated with and attend conferences and so on and so forth um so you're nodding yes yes okay um i'm sure you're a part of some of that yes and when you go to these things do you know do you hear some story that you say well we dealt with that and we're pleased that we did uh, or, man, we're going through that same problem, too. You know what I mean. Absolutely. Sharing ideas and successes and failures. Yes. Um, so how many similar things as my sister's place exist in our state? There are 80 domestic violence programs. and okay, that's we've got 88 counties. 88 counties, 80 programs. Those are not all shelters, but okay. most of them are. Um, yeah, about, yeah. And is there, uh, I don't know if this question's even important, but I was going to do it anyway. Sure. Is there another county that you're really envious of? Oh, that's a good question. Um, now not to brag, but we kind of are that program. That's cool. We, uh, yeah. I, I mean, so it's the Ohio Domestic Violence Network. They're, I'm on their board. They're wonderful. Uh, headquartered in Columbus, and they give us a lot of guidance. Um, I mean, and t- to be honest, we are one of the programs that is looked to for um, 
we do things very well. We are very good at what we do. I am very proud of um, our staff and our policies that are humane and compassionate and trauma-informed. And um, I, I don't mind saying we are a model agency. <laughs> That's neat. Yeah. Okay, so um, over the years, I've had counseling once in a while, right? Mm-hmm. Not because I was abusive, but yeah. I'm just trying to be a better person. Good for you. That's wonderful. Now, um, it's really, um, uh, how do I want to call it? It's concerning when a counselor says, you know, I, I don't know what more we can do. You're doing great. Mm-hmm. Or something like that, mm-hmm. you know, and yet you've come to build a relationship with this person and sharing thoughts and ideas. And right. Well, anyway, um, it's hard to end this. Yes. You know? Well, um, let's see. Current projects. Mm-hmm. You had made a l- short list of some things you wanted to talk about. What are your current projects? So I mentioned the transitional housing program. Um, we are we're still kind of hammering out the best way to be doing that. Let me interrupt mm-hmm. just sure. on that very point, housing. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, I know a number of landlords in town. Mm-hmm. Athens has a lot of rental properties. They do. Duh. They do. Yes. Yeah. Um, now, do you uh, try to develop with some of these landlords that have 80 houses or whatever um, a relationship and have them believe in what you're doing and, and maybe help you all do it? You know, not as much as we'd like. We, we always would uh, welcome additional landlords again that is our biggest need is additional affordable housing now unfortunately you know here in the city of athens our folks are competing with student rentals of course you know where a landlord is going to get much more um you know knowing and knowing that this most likely the student's parents are you know going to have that steady rent check so um, what I would love for small landlords to know is that there are a number of housing programs where there is a guaranteed rent check coming. There's somebody you can talk to if something comes up that's concerning. Um, the Metropolitan Housing Authority um, has a, a list of landlords that um, our case managers and our clients access. Um, we absolutely need more landlords willing to uh, rent to our folks. Well, um, I'm guessing most landlords won't call you. But mm-hmm. if one is listening yes. and they feel so inclined, yes. once again, the number. And we'll just start with this hotline, mm-hmm. and then they can refer you to a more local specific number but uh, 1-800-443-3402 let's see we've got about uh, eight minutes left what what have i failed to bring up that uh, Mm -hmm. you wanted me to (laughs) yeah we um we also we have two donation drop-offs a month Um, we have a couple of storage units where we're collecting um, items for people who are moving out of shelter 
Um, and we're always in need of uh, mattresses, end tables, um, chairs, plates, kitchen utensils. So we post those dates on our Facebook page, um, and we've gotten a, a number of wonderful items that have really helped that transition out of shelter. I don't know why I'm telling this story, but as as you are sitting here, you know we're in a new place. Yes. But for 50 years, we were across the street. Well, you know, I've tried every Goodwill, new to you, um, uh, Restore, mm -hmm. uh, name all the different places where you can buy used things. Yeah. And also help whatever organization has... Um, um, put that service together yeah. okay i've got some old furniture in the old radio building and they're going to start oh. tearing that down yeah. any day now wow. um anyway i finally got somebody to come with a truck and collect yeah. things and they've taken two loads yeah and but i was just surprised and i think the timing with the student move out is yes. what hurt me yes because uh, most of these places got overwhelmed with um, students bringing stuff they no longer needed to their facilities. Oh, well, try to help them any way you can, folks. Um, so you're trying to get another shelter, right? the moment we're, we're still uh, working on that transitional housing program and just making sure we have that down um, but um, I, I guess just another plug for our volunteer program um, a lot of our volunteers are students which is wonderful and we I started as a volunteer as an undergraduate student um, are you a bobcat uh, of course, yes, cool. yes, bachelor's and master's. And where were you raised, just kicking it? Uh, just outside of Dayton. Okay. Yeah. Neat. But we do love to have community members as volunteers. Um, so I would encourage anyone who's got a few hours a week um, to get in contact about our next volunteer orientation. Um, I do that orientation. It's five hours long. We just talk a lot about the dynamics of abuse, the history of the movement, what abuse looks like, why it's difficult for folks to leave. Yeah. Wow. Um, let's see here. If Now, there's a, a need for confidentiality as far as where you're located. Now, I know where it is. Mm -hmm. I can drive there. Mm -hmm. uh, I've even, um, if I'm giving a tour to somebody important to me, I might say, now, we, we have this facility. Look mm -hmm. at it. Isn't that neat? Mm -hmm. And then we drive by some other thing. Yeah. Um, volunteers. Uh, are some needed at the facility? Yeah. Yeah, we do have okay. um, yeah about 8 to 10 volunteers at any given time. They're a huge help to us. If, have, if someone has a certain licensing licensed skill mm -hmm. but maybe they've either retired or they're slowing down or maybe they just have some extra time yeah um you would uh, you would encourage them to make themselves known to you right we've had folks come in and do um poetry groups uh, memoir writing groups um, cooking groups yoga if you've got a special skill to share, um, yeah, reach out to us. I, I love to work with folks who have something they'd like to do with our 
our people. We also have, um, we've had haircuts donated. We've had um, dental services. You know, it's like no matter what you do in our community, uh, um, people sharing their their skills and talents and services with us is, is, a, is a huge benefit to us. Our guest this morning, Kelly Madewell. And I think you are. Um, <laughs> and um, listen, my sister's place, what a great thing. And again, um, would we say about 20 years now, right? In service? Or no? F- f- what would we say? For I've me personally, yeah, about 15. I've okay. been there. Yeah, I was there. And then the organization itself, about 50, right? We're getting there. Yeah, yeah cool. Uh, if someone would like to, um, say, serve on your board mm-hmm. and they could convince you of their passion for the topic sure. and that uh, their purpose is um, well-meaning, mm-hmm. um, they could call you? Absolutely. Okay. Um, well, once again, that phone number, 800 443 3402. Kelly, what have I failed to bring out? We have about two minutes left. Yeah, you know, I I would just in- encourage all of us to recognize how difficult these situations are for folks. I think that a lot of us are, if, if we haven't known someone who's really been in the depths of an abusive relationship, we might not understand, you know, why wouldn't you just leave that person? Why, yeah. you know, it's really tough. Um, Folks get wrapped up in all sorts of ways, emotionally, financially. You've got kids together. Um, it's just straight up dangerous to leave. Um, in my lifetime, I've tried to help a number of people, almost to a fault. Mm-hmm. And it's created some kind of ugly situations mm-hmm. once in a while. But the overall feeling Mm-hmm. I'm proud of. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's... We used to work with a lot of um, exchange students mm-hmm. from other countries, mm-hmm. and my, oh, my. Um, they keep in touch. Mm-hmm. They're really family members. Sure. It's so cool. Yeah. Well... Um, because of confidentiality, again, we, you know, it's hard to tell some of these great stories on the air mm-hmm. without people being able to figure out who we're talking about. Right. And so um, forgive us for being a little vague today. But uh, great work you're doing. And Thank folks, you. if you'd like to get engaged one more time, uh, that is, as a volunteer or an, uh, to assist in any way or to teach something, like uh, you just mentioned, the mm-hmm. cooking skills mm-hmm. or um, writing skills or whatever. Uh, once again, call Kelly and uh, start with the number 800-443-3402. Kelly Meadwell, my sister's place. Um Holler at me anytime you want to get some word out. Okay. Great. Thank you so much. We are uh, virtually out of time, folks. Uh, let's see here. Let me update something real quick. Uh, when we started on the air, it was 60 degrees. And right now, 
It's still 60 degrees. Okay, folks. (laughs) 